Jeannie Macadero writes songs from the perspective of her own experiences with and compassion for the tragic beauty of human frailty. Her lyrics remind us that even the best people sometimes do wrong in the quest to avoid facing down their fears. And they also remind us that even the worst people can find redemption if they have the courage to seek it. Through her poetic songs, her warm contralto vocals, and her spare playing style, Jeannie wishes to pull aside the imaginary veil between the mind and the heart, our past and our future, pain, growth, and the universal truths that make us human. You reach your hands. How do the golden fruit hangs heavy from the branch? Welcome to the Raw Songwriting Podcast, where I challenge my guests to write a brand new song in one week based on a prompt and then talk about the process. Along the way, we talk about the broader craft of songwriting. I'm David Coyle, and it's my pleasure to introduce Jeannie Macadera. Welcome to the show, Jeannie. Hey, David. How you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to have you on. Yeah, good to see you. Yeah, so uh, we were talking a little bit uh, before that uh, you've been struggling to, to write much lately, and I was just curious, mm-hmm. you know, what are the optimal conditions for you uh, when it comes to writing? What, what, <laughs> what's ideal? Well, that's a that's an interesting question. So usually I think about creative work as kind of a, I mean, I've seen this before. I've seen it said better than I'm going to say it right now, but I think of it as sort of this curve where um, on the low end of the curve, you don't have enough going on and you're kind of bored and you can't actually start anything. And then I, there's at the higher end of the curve, you've got so much going on that you're really stressed out and you can't get anything done because you've got too much to do. And sort of in the middle is your main um, area of productivity where you have just enough uh, projects going on and work going on that, um, that's sort of fertile for, uh, for creativity. And um, I think with all that's been going on in the pandemic and stuff and you know, <clears throat> just this year in general, it feels like I've been kind of teetering between the high end of the curve, like just managing a lot of stuff going on with my family and work um, and, and then just kind of managing my own emotions and being there for friends and things like that. Um, and then on the other hand, occasionally just not having anything to do and just not feeling like doing anything. It's really weird. It's, I've been in a weird emotional state this year. I think I also tend to write more when I'm optimistic, I guess. I don't know. It's hard to, hard to say, actually. Well, that, that's interesting to hear because I know that you, you, you actually write a lot of political-tinged uh, stuff and, and oftentimes <laughs> dealing with the, the issues, the problems of the world. And you do that in a pretty head-on fashion. So it, it's interesting to me that you know, during you know, a, a time where we're kind of rife with political turmoil right now, yeah. I'm actually a little bit surprised that you, you, you don't channel that through your writing more. Yeah, you know, actually, that's a really interesting point. And part of it is that it's funny, I wouldn't say that I write a lot of political stuff, but I, I do when, you know, sometimes I, I try to write things that comment on the world and, and on where we are. Um, but those songs take me a lot to a lot of time and effort to craft because mm. I feel like they, those songs are, are, um, fraught with the possibility of being preachy and I don't ever like to sound preachy. Um, In fact, actually we'll talk about (laughs) one of the songs that, uh, that I kind of already wrote and shared with you that we're going to talk about later is Uh a fairly political song. So we'll talk, we can talk a lot about that actually in that one. And then even the song that I wrote for the challenge um, ended up being, well, it, 
it was originally really political and then I pulled it back. But um, yeah, I struggle with, uh, with not being preachy and during this whole pandemic thing and with all the politics going on, I feel really strongly about all this stuff and it's, it's fairly exhausting to think about it. And then to try to put it all together in a nugget of wisdom, um, it just, that kind of stuff takes me a long time. I'll probably write more about that once this is all kind of settled out. I, I think I'll probably end up going back and this will be material, but it feels too in the moment right now. That's interesting. Really, That's interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. so when you're, uh, so do you, do you find with just uh, other, other subject matters that, because uh, mm -hmm. um, I, I think that your, your music comes off as very personal. And mm -hmm. I, I know that some of yeah. this stuff is very autobiographical. Yeah. Do you find that it's typically harder to write in the moment or is it something that, I mean, how, how does that normally play yeah. out? Yeah. So it's, it's, so the more I think about this, it's funny when you asked that first question, I said that I tend to write when I'm optimistic, but I'm not really sure that's actually true. <laughs> I actually tend to write or my, my most productive time as a songwriter was probably when I was really facing a lot of um, internal difficulty and sort of facing down um, a lot of uh, changes in my life that I was about to make. <laughs> I was about to mm. make, uh, create a lot of turmoil and changes and I was sort of wrestling with that and also kind of getting in touch with, um, with the creativity that I had maybe suppressed for a long time because I was busy with a career and all that kind of stuff. And so that all sort of came together as a very fertile uh, and productive songwriting period for me. But yeah, it was all, <laughs> it all ends up sort of being like therapy and journaling and spilling it out in front of other people. <laughs> That's oh, really sure. What it, yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, and I mean, I try to, I try to look for things in myself that I know other people are like me are going through and try to make sure that it's not just all about me, but it's something that I'm hoping that when I put my heart on the page, maybe somebody else's heart, somebody else who can't, who doesn't know how to express it that way can at least feel it with me. I noticed that the, the name of the first song that we're going to play here is called mm -hmm. uh, My Circus. So yeah. that, that sounds a little bit like what we were just talking about. So let's see if that, <laughs> All right. I mean, we're going to talk about it after we play it here, but is yeah. there anything that you want to, any prelude, any, any informa information we should know going into it? Yeah, actually there's one thing, which is, um, I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to show you or show, or have everybody listen to an example of a song that I did write as part of a prompt, as part of a challenge. This came off of a prompt and, oh. um, yeah, and this is probably the best song that I've ever gotten out of a song challenge. And the prompt was Monkey. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So, um, okay. And, and was this on any album? Uh, this was, um, so uh, the band that I was, uh, that I fronted, I guess, uh, called Tilia Americana, that was on our first EP. All right, fantastic. All right, well, this is, and was that EP called, what was that EP called? Uh, it was uh, self-titled, uh, Tilly Americana. All right, okay, well, this is My Circus off of Tilly Americana's self-titled EP, and uh, it's a song by Jeannie Macadera. 
Begin 
absolutely lovely that was a gorgeous oh, song yeah Hard not to want to i want to sing along to it <laughs> <laughs> well um, we know that would be completely out of sync but i might be able yeah. to through editing make it sync up who knows no 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 <laughs> um, so, oh I, that's just just a lovely song and just just you. so just so heartfelt and, and felt thanks. so personal and and i just i love the way you sing alone at the end the, the refrain mm -hmm. that's just just mm -hmm. really really nice well, so let's well let's talk about it. What? Okay. How did you? Uh, so you had a prompt. Yeah. And so I was actually this was I was in a band called Home for the Bewildered uh, with Bob Wood and all those guys from Ten Buck Sixer. Um, this was kind of before they were doing that, and uh, <clears throat> they were they were really kind to like I hadn't really been in a band before or been a songwriter or really done any singing with people. Um, I mostly I started out like all my life. I just sing along to the sang along to the radio and I'd always sing the harmony parts and whatever. But I was never really in you know formally doing it. Um, you, you never did anything in like high school or anything like well, that. Well, no. The one thing the one thing I did. So the one thing I did was in college. Uh, <laughs> I was in a sorority, and um, we had <laughs> yeah. So uh, but we had a <laughs> I know. No, it's, it's, no, it's, no, no, it's funny. Some people are like, you know, we're sorority. It kind of, I don't know, but um, it was a very nice sorority. But, but uh, there was, a, we had a quartet, like a little acapella quartet. Oh, we would really? Sing all the sorority songs and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. And, and so I tried out for that and, and uh, was, I made it onto the quartet and we had a great time with that one. And I was the, I was like the low, the contralto. This 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 song, my circus, I sing very high, but I actually have a pretty low voice, singing voice. So, um, so I was the contralto of the group. Oh, very nice, very nice. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. hey, and I, I want to point out that even though I mean maybe you haven't hadn't done a lot of singing before this point, but you were at the point that you started songwriting, you had already been a writer by trade, correct? Or oh yeah, yeah. So I'm a I'm a technical writer. I um <clears throat> for you know I actually have a scientific background and then um but I've always enjoyed writing and so you know I went through grad school and all that jazz and was a research scientist and kind of decided I wanted to get away from actually doing bench research and I started writing so now I'm a, a technical writer in the field of like medical devices and biotech and stuff so but um, I mean do you, do you feel like uh -huh. though I mean just you know, you 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 write for a living, so yeah. the, the the natural. It's not yeah. like you make your writing more clunky for technical writing. I mean, you you actually no. learn how to to make things flow. In fact, it's probably even more yeah. important with technical writing to. Well, you yes. know, is it more important? I don't know, but I mean, the the point is, is that a skilled you, technical writer makes yeah. things easy to read. That's exactly that's, that's my job is to is to take something flowery and. Um, and uh, sort of over overcomplicated that a you know a, a doctor or an academic might write and turn it into something that that is easier to understand. Do you do you <laughs> find that you that you that those uh, those skills transfer uh, transfer over to songwriting? Very much? much, very much. Yeah. Um, even just understanding how the you know writing songwriting is a really structured activity. It's a structured kind of I mean, there's a lot of freedom and, and creativity in writing a song, but there's also kind of some conventions and structures that you generally have to follow if you're going to write stuff that's 
that people want to listen to in a popular setting, mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to kind of like out there kind of art type, like super artsy music. But, um, <laughs> you know, like there's certain conventions and things like that. And so being used to that from my job, uh, it, um, yeah, I would say it makes it easier to, it's a natural environment for me to write in those structured kind of ways. And then the other thing that's really useful is self-editing. Um, I, I feel like I'm a pretty good self-editor uh, and I'm not afraid to go back and change what I've written. Um, I don't get super hung up on, I mean, eventually I get very attached to what I write, uh -huh. but I know, I know that if I'm looking at a line, I'm not attached to it. I know, the, you know, I know that I can move it around and change it and I don't feel like I'm like going to ruin my art or anything. And I also know you can always change it back, you know? That's right. That's <laughs> like, right. I think when people start songwriting, they don't necessarily know how to do those things. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Well, sure. let's, uh, well, yeah. uh, that was a little, uh, was, I took us off on a tangent there, but, but, okay. but I, but how about, let's go back to the song here and, and just see yeah. how did this come? So you, you had a, yeah, yeah you had right. a prompt so, and you were writing it around the time you were with, um, with, the, with Home for the Bewildered. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we, um, so they had invited me to join them at the song school, um, as, cause you know, we were friends and, and they knew I was enjoying kind of, I was dipping my toe in songwriting and I was singing with them and sort of you know, trying my hand at songwriting. And I'd written a few things that I was pretty proud of. And so they invited me to join them at song school. And I think this song, I think after song school, it was life-changing for me. Um, and after song school, I think we set up like a little four week, one, once a week for four weeks, we would write songs and then mm perform them and post them on YouTube for each other to watch. And, nice. uh, and, and each one of us picked a prompt, uh, each week. I think there were four of us in the group and, um, and monkey was one of them. So that's where this came from. And I, this was a few years ago now, and I look back and, um, my ideas about relationships and things have changed quite a bit since I wrote the song. So uh -huh. I'm not really sure I really agree <laughs> that I actually agree with the, with what uh -huh. I wrote here, uh -huh. but this is certainly a head state that I might've been in at the time or the way I thought that things went sometimes. So sure. Sure. Yeah. And it was, it's not purely well, autobiographical either. So, you know, but, but still, you know, even, you know, any song is kind of a snapshot of whatever moment yeah. you're in, you know, yeah. whether that be about yourself personally or just your attitudes about other things. Yeah. And, yeah, or just exactly. a story, you know, it's informed by where you are in life. So, right. yeah, right, I, exactly. I don't think, I, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that on the one hand, you know, you want to write something that, that, that speaks to people universally, yeah, but that is also kind of stuck in a moment that, yeah. that's very specific. And it's an yeah. interesting balancing act there with, yeah. with, with music and, and art or just art in general. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's interesting. One way that I, I think about this song, the reason I picked the song to, to present or to have you play or whatever, uh, is because there were a lot of specific thought processes that went into some of the choices that I made here, uh -huh. um, that are specifically about that kind of stuff. So like, for example, when I first started writing it, I wrote it in the first person 
Mm. You know, I just stood there in resignation and my hopes tumbling with my tears to the floor. And, um, and then uh, um, in song school, I took a class from Steve Seskin and he, he's, you know, and, and he and Pat Patterson and all those guys and gals, the songwriting teachers, they always say, play with the, the point of view. Um, it's really important to, when you write a song, even if you think it's great, change the point of view and see what it looks like from someone else's point of view. Um, mm. And when I changed it to the second person, to you, I, I felt like it, it universalized it a little bit. And uh -huh. um, it just felt a little more, it's that second person personal, I think is what they call it, where you're talking to you, but it's really yourself. But, yeah. You know, uh, there's the, the you is very vague and I, I feel like that made the song better. So that's kind of an interesting. That, that's, that's interesting. Cause exercise. I haven't, I haven't tried doing that. I haven't tried just sort of changing it up uh -huh. from an I to a you. I know I have yeah. a tendency to kind of lean towards well, doing what you do in this song, which is singing, you know, saying you, but actually be yeah. singing to myself. It's sort of my yeah. internal voice singing to myself, you know? Right. So, yeah, huh. it's actually, a, it's actually not a bad, uh, it's not a bad point of view to, to use. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty good one. So you're a, you know, you're a good songwriter. So. <laughs> oh, no. Well, geez, well, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> you're, you're an awfully good songwriter too. Yeah. Thank so, you. yeah. Thanks. Well, I've written a few. I've written a few. I've written a lot of good ones. I've written a few. I'm proud of. I'll I'll say that. You've written a couple albums that that you should be proud of. So, yeah. Well, actually, how many how many albums do you have? That you have a one solo album. You have a full Tilly Americana album when you were with them. Yeah. EP with them. Yeah, EP with Tilly Americana, and then we did a full length. You know, ten song studio album, and then um, and then uh, just earlier. God, it's, it, it's incredible how long this year feels, right? Yeah. But in February of this year, so not even a year ago, I uh, released uh, my own solo project, which was kind of, there were songs that I wrote with Tilly Americana. Um, but, you know, by that time, by the time it was recorded and released, it was me on my own. And so I'm very proud of it. It's, you know, my first solo work, so. Well, so how did that, uh, that's, that's interesting there. So if they, they started out as part of a Tilly Americana project, but ended up being mm -hmm. a solo project, did you mm -hmm. find yourself um, changing the songs in a way that uh, you might not have otherwise? So, yeah, it's interesting the way it really played out with um, putting together that last, or that their last album or first solo album, you could, you know, depending on how you, how you think about it. The songs had all been written, and actually there were a couple of, couple of additional songs that still sort of working on and putting together for the album, and we had started tracking. And so we had tracking, we had tracks for, I mean, instrumental tracks, the, the guitar and the bass and the, um, I mean, especially the guitar. That was kind of the, the key thing, because uh, that was my partner who was, who was playing the guitar. And um, all of, we had tracks for six songs. And then uh, my partner and I decided to go in different directions. <laughs> and he chose not to be involved in the project anymore. But it was actually really important to me to finish them in the way that we had written them together. And so we took the, the tracks from those six songs. Um, I and the producer um, took those and finished them up. 
I probably had to lay down a few more vocals and then we had other instrumentalists come in and, and kind of add things as they would have anyway. Um, and so I put those six songs out. I have my name on them because I wrote them and I was, you know, I mean, I co-wrote them, but they're my babies. So mm. put them out, but I haven't yet recorded anything that I have, that I've done completely on my own uh, because I wasn't a very good instrumentalist. That's one thing that has been good about this pandemic is I would say this has been a woodshed year. <laughs> I spent a lot of time on the guitar. I mean, on and off, but I spent a couple of very good um, sessions or, or stretches on the guitar and I've, my guitar game has really improved a lot this year. So um, I feel like when it's safe, I will be able to, I've written a few songs and, and I will write more. And I feel like when it's safe to go back into the studio, then, then I'll be able to play guitar on my own songs and I won't have to worry about having anybody else to well, do it for me. Well, I know uh, from the from the, the live solo shows that I've seen you do, I, I really like the arrangements that you've been coming up with for your Thanks. For your yeah, I had to, yeah, so. I had to arrange, I had to do new arrangements so that for things, you know, so I could play them. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's well, been a lot of work, but it's good. So now th this, uh, this next song, this is from mm -hmm. that album we were just talking about, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, then let's use that as a seg. I didn't any of this. <laughs> well, but let's use it as a seg. Let's, let's take a look yeah. a little closer here at, at uh, uh, okay. what the, the music that came out of that album that we were just talking about. Yeah. Speaking of political songs. This song is from the album No Such Thing Is Forever. It's by Jeannie Macadera, and it's called Nobody's Foolin' Nobody. Playgrounds just for them and the money fuels the fire. 
turn your cars around a hundred years too late But will they take you back or greet you with your own sly hate? Who was it got here first? Who was it got here last? Oh, it don't matter now, we're hellbent to repeat the past When there's no more water, cause there's no more rain No prayers or no curses save us all from coming So that's first off, I want to thank you for being a, the first guest that we've had on this show who brought in some really crunchy rockin' guitars. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> that was this fun. That was really, really just and the and the heavy drumming and everything is just really uh this this sucker rocks out. Yeah, and thank you. <laughs> the imagery is just insane mm -hmm. on this. You just got so much Thanks. great imagery and 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 I, and I love the uh, the kind of the talk singing part that you have there, too. That's ah, thank just, you. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really interesting. I mean, really cool song. Really cool yeah. song. So thanks. Well, so the so the thing I want to say about this and it's funny that you say about the imagery because, um, you you know, I mean, this is about the songwriting process, right? Yeah. This song was a big process. And part mm. of the process was rereading my favorite book ever, which is um, Grapes of Wrath. Oh. So there's actually um, images and even small phrases that are pulled out of Grapes of Wrath here. Hmm. And then, of course, at the end, I reference Tom and Jim and Rosa Sharn, who are the main, you know, some of the main characters mm -hmm. from the Grapes of Wrath. And the um, have you read have you read the book? It might have been a long time or I, I think I read it back in high school, but it's been it's been a long time. It's, it's a beautiful, it's a really well-written book and it's, it's really beautiful. I recommend it to anybody. And if, if you read it now, um, it's amazing how much history sort of just kind of cycles back and repeats itself. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, you know, uh, so what I was trying to do, um, well, I'll, I'll get back to that other thought in a minute, but what I was trying to do here, um, originally the way the song was born is that my, my partner, handed me a piece of music that he had, you know, a, basically the, the underlying chords and the music and stuff for this um, that he had played. And it's something he'd been working on for a long time, just the sort of music. Um, and actually it was inspired by a friend of his. And so this thing has origins going back decades. <laughs> um, but when I heard it, I was like, yeah, I want to, I want to use this to write my grand, my grand opus excoriating california for and like for being uh, overpopulated and for climate change and all this stuff and i wanted to bring in 
immigration, like things that, you know, things about, because this was happening when I was writing, it was right in the beginning of probably in the beginning of the <clears throat> current administration when there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of turmoil going on about immigration and, and stuff. And so um, I wanted to pull those together, those themes together with the Grapes of Wrath, because the Grapes of Wrath is actually a lot about immigration. It's about um, the Okies leaving the Dust Bowl, leaving Oklahoma when, during climate change, like when the climate changed and they had, you know, the Dust Bowl for a couple of years, or, you know, that whole period and the depression and they were leaving uh, Oklahoma and going to California and being treated terribly. Mm. Um, and a lot, a lot, like in the ways that um, people coming up from Mexico and South America are treated terribly now. So the point of all that was, I think I pulled it off. <laughs> like, or I feel good about, you know, it's a little, it's kind of all over the place. And I'm not sure there's, that I really make a great, really pointed point, but I, um, I think I do. I'm, I, I think so. you give a lot of food for thought. I mean, this is something yeah. that, well, I, I think you can enjoy this song on multiple levels. Uh, I think mm -hmm. that, you know, some people could listen to it and not realize that it's a political song. And yeah. just from the imagery and the and the rock and rocking out and all that stuff. Yeah, right. They might just right not even listen to the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they're kind of they're very poetic. So I think you could actually listen to this. You could read the lines and not mm -hmm. necessarily apply it to. Yes. Directly to 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 a political to any single political yeah. issue. Maybe I should say it yeah. that way. You, you could see it yeah. as more of a, a, a broad metaphor. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. But at the same time, you know, that, that frustration and anger and, and whatnot about, I mean, I, I think a lot of people would pick this up and say, oh yeah, yeah, I know exactly what this is about. Well, I, th I, think, I think maybe people don't. Maybe that's why I shared it, because I, I wanted to tell somebody what it's actually about. Sure, so sure. silly. <laughs> uh, well, well anyway. so what so you you said that you wanted to try to avoid being too preachy mm -hmm. with with political songs uh yeah so because that's something i worry about too but yeah. i i look at some of the songs that i have that i consider to be political and sometimes mm -hmm. i worry that they're they're really too buried in metaphor and imagery um, right. that people won't get them now i know the right. first time i heard this i i thought it was a political song uh, it mm -hmm. wasn't necessarily immediately obvious to me uh, you know, from the first listen, what, yeah. you know, what the particular one is. Cause I mean, there's a lot of, well, you know, there's California dreaming in there. Is, is that a mm -hmm. phrase that's used a lot in the in the grapes of wrath or is that, is that a reference? No, to the song? that's for the, that's a reference to the song mamas in the, from the mamas and the papas. But then if you look farther down, I use uh, Rocky mountain, Rocky high, mountain as well. high. Well, that was, yeah. yeah. And then truth keeps marching on as well. And that's my, my callback to the grapes of wrath. Cause that's the other song, mm -hmm. the grapes of wrath. Actually, the thing about California Dreamin', it, it's funny because I was, again, like I said, I grew up in California, so that's why I'm allowed oh, to, okay. and, <laughs> that's why, like, so I'm just kind of looking back and kind of, I'm a little disappointed, although, you know, whatever, California does the best they can, and uh, we all do, right? But, um, but there's things that, about California that I wish were different for everybody, um, but the, that, line from California Dream and just sort of fit with the with the music that I already had to work with and it felt right and so I kind of in fact a lot of it I built around kind of around that to make sure that that stayed in mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. 
Well, because it, it's it's good to know, uh, good to know about uh, your your California roots. Um, uh -huh. It could otherwise yeah, it could otherwise be seen as like a very very bitter song from a Colorado perspective yeah. um, about all these dang Col Californians coming to to the yeah. to our state, you know, which well, is a common yeah. sentiment amongst uh, uh, Coloradans. Yeah, and that's not necessarily an accidental feeling uh -huh. that you're getting from that song because when i when we moved here when i moved here in i don't know 2007 of course i'm part of the problem right but i came here hoping to sort of blend in and become a coloradan and but i first moved here i moved to a different town other than longmont that i won't name and it it felt like it was becoming exactly what was happening to my hometown in California that I can't afford to live in, you know, like, sure. so it was like, oh, yeah. it's just happening over and over again. So I think it was, I don't know if it's, I mean, there is bitterness in the song, um, but I'm actually sort of hoping that it, I think what I'm really trying to convey is a warning, like, let's not mm -hmm. do that again. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah it's sort of not, not, we're talking about California dream and it's more like the California nightmare or whatever. Yeah. We'll avoid right. that. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, exactly. So I think the thing that I was, going to come back to when I started talking about um, the Grapes of Wrath and the, the novel, the shriveled packet of bitterness at the, at the beginning, that's actually a line right out of the, out of the novel. And they're talking about, um, I believe they're talking about going to California and worried that, um, that it's, that they're imagining this beautiful fruit and it turns out to be just a shriveled packet of bitterness. So like, mm. I, I just love that line. So I made sure it went in there. And then in the last uh, verse, the, my favorite line that I've ever written <laughs> is, um, is we have Tom and Jim and Rosa Sharn, how they moan and cry to see the milk of tender human mercy spill past the starving mouths to fatten up the satisfied. Mm. And um, the final scene of Grapes of Wrath, Rosa Sharn, she was pregnant throughout the whole thing and she lost her baby. And she rescued a starving man by feeding him uh mother's milk oh, <laughs> and okay. and so and it was a beauty it's a beautiful scene um and i think that rosa sharn is like a really important character in that in that book and maybe doesn't always get the attention and recognition that she should as kind of a really beautific figure in that book so and i thought it fit very well with the themes of, you know, we've got all this abundance and we have a lot of people that are taking more than their share of abundance. Uh, it's, it's, it's a beautifully, uh, wonderfully poetic song. Thank you. It really is. Talk to me a little bit about the, I guess it's the bridge here, the spoken word. Uh -huh. uh, what was, what was the thought process going on that? Was that always, did you always imagine that as kind of, being kind of shouted out in, in more of a, not, not really sung as much as, as kind of shouted out. Oh, no, that was a, so that was a uh, production decision. And I, I think that turned out kind of well. Um, I think so too. I, I like that. I would never have suggested that on my own because I like, I don't, it kind of stuff makes me nervous, but um, of having everything kind of all the music fade away and just be on my voice. But, um, but uh, originally there was, there was music behind it and it was, it was cool. It was, again, it was rocking and angry guitar and stuff. And so that I sang along with it and was, and wrote words that were angry to go with it. And then 
um, our the producer uh, Mark Venezia over at Wind Over the Earth. He he's like, let's try dropping out the music, hmm. and hmm. Um, and so they faded it out and sounded cool so it sounded so we, very cool i wouldn't worry yeah. about your voice there i don't think you need oh, you have anything to worry about so <laughs> yeah thank you that's more of a it's just uh, artist insecurity that's all oh of course absolutely <laughs> well what uh, uh i think we all yeah yeah i think yeah, uh, a lot all, of the people listening to this are going to know about that too so they'll share it yeah well so now this was a co-write and you've mm -hmm. since been writing more solo stuff how has the writing process been different for you and how do you yeah. how happy are you with the outcome relative mm -hmm. to to both processes the writing process in the beginning uh, like of tilly americana it was it was all co-writing and i was always doing the lyrics um and sometimes i would kind of come up with a melody and lyrics and then um my co-writer would develop would arrange make the do the arrangement um and like kind of really figure out how to make it all work musically and sometimes it was he would create a piece of music like with this song so actually that that first example um my circus is an example of that where i wrote it i made up the music i played it and stuff but then he came in and made it sound really the music sound really beautiful and then this one he wrote the piece of music and i wrote the lyrics to go with it there have been a lot of songs that i've written even in the tilly americana days where i would write the the song and the music um, I just wasn't a very skilled musician, like guitar player. I just needed some practice. So uh, now, it's funny, my process is all over the place. The interesting thing, so most of the time what happens for me is I'll get a kind of an idea, a little nugget of wisdom or something that I want to expand on. Or some phrase will kind of stick in my mind. And I'm like, oh, that'd be a cool theme for a song. And then simultaneously, my, my whole life, and all the time, anytime I'm walking around, I'm always humming something in my head. Mm. I have melodies in my head all the time. And oh, wow. sometimes I get stuck there and, and then I'm like, well, I should probably well, note that down. And that's right. You know what you gotta get? <laughs> yeah. That used to be, I, I, just an aside, that was, uh, that used to be my thing is I would walk home from work and it would take about a half hour Mm -hmm. and, and I would have music going in my head. And that was how I knew that I had something that I thought was really good was if it yeah. stuck with if because I would always lose it. I would come up with a, like something really interesting. Oh, yeah. Then I would forget <laughs> it and I'd be like, oh, oh, I wish I had recorded that. But yep. of course, you know, it actually may have been better because, you know, if it came yeah. back to me, then it meant that it was that yeah. memorable. So yeah. anyway, yeah. Sorry, just to I, same. No, same thing here is I will be. Sometimes I'll kick myself because I'm like, oh, this is this is such a good thing, a good idea. And like, oh, my gosh, look, at, I've got this verse. And and then I'll be like, oh, I'll never forget that. And then I do forget it. And then I feel like, oh, my gosh, I lost something amazing. But every once in a while, I'll record it and I'll record something like that. And I'll go back to it and like, this wasn't as good as I thought it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so sometimes it's in the moment. Um, Though sometimes, but, yeah. sometimes it's like you you record it though, and it doesn't record all the music that's in your head, and oh, yeah. so you're you're you, you listen to it months later, and you're like, yeah. God, where was where was my right. brain that day? Because right. it's yeah, it's not that interesting just necessarily without the chords that you're hearing right. in your head, or maybe the yeah. you know the the vocal harmonies or whatever arrangement and the bass and the yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 it's, it's yeah. interesting. So. I, yeah, I hear. I'm glad to hear you hear the, all that stuff too, because. Right. When I start composing in my head, I get all the parts. I, the, I just, mm -hmm. it's frustrating to me that I don't know how to play all those instruments. Oh, isn't it, it though? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, it really it's, 
but I guess I see it as both a curse and a blessing because yeah. uh, sometimes I come up with some really unusual ways to put those songs together that that yeah. don't necessarily diminish the song. Uh, right. But there's there's definitely times where I'll you know there's some really funky guitar that I want and I just can't do it. I can't figure out how to get funky on yeah. my acoustic guitar and it always yeah. comes out folky and I'm like oh, yep. yeah. yeah so yeah. yeah yeah I totally totally identify with that <laughs> so yeah and actually I bought a I got an electric guitar so I can try to play around with that more but um I again I haven't really been creating too much this you know since the spring yeah. so I'm still doing it in a couple of different ways you know couple of approaches usually it starts with lyrics and melody and then I kind of figure out the chords that go with it and kind of work up some sort of chord structure and, and when you say lyrics and melody do you mean you do them at the same time or they come to they always come together, come together. I've never okay. written a song where I've written the lyrics first and without a melody in mind because um, to me it's like part of the rhythm and you know it, it that creates the rhythm and the structure but you've written having the melody but you've written the melody before i mean started with a melody and then added words later yeah 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 sometimes i'll kind of like do, 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 do. you know i'll i'll have something in my head and the lyrics kind of fit into it uh-huh it, it's it's very they're very tied together melody okay. and lyrics are very tied together for me so um i would say that like the song that i wrote uh this time actually for this podcast this one was different I, oh, I was all over the place. You, get, you know, we'll, I know we'll talk about the prompts in a minute, but you gave me the prompts and we, I picked a prompt. And then I was sort of, first I started going down the road of introspective and personal. And then I'm like, oh, I don't want to write another one of those right now. <laughs> I just didn't feel like writing sure. something too, too mopey. I got lots of mopey in my head right now and I didn't feel like writing that. So, um, so, uh, but then I was playing around with a couple, couple different melodies and, and songs came to me, um, music came to me and I was playing around with a lot of it and messing around on my guitar and finally just something stuck. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna go with this one. And then I wrote specifically, I, I, actually, <laughs> I actually ended up tracking the guitar and kind of picking the structure of the song and then writing to that, like, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to have this part and this part and this part. And then I tracked that and then I wrote the lyrics over it. Huh. So, oh, yeah. very interesting. Which is okay. different for me. That's different. Well, since we're, we're already to the challenge song here, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take a yeah. short break okay. and we're going to come back and we're going we're gonna to talk about that challenge song. And uh, yeah, we'll be back in uh, just a moment. Welcome back to the Raw Songwriting Podcast. I am your host, David Coyle. We are having a lovely discussion with Jeannie Macadera. And hello, welcome, welcome. It yes, is lovely. And... It's, it's a really lovely discussion. This is nice. <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we're we're gonna. It's time for us to talk about our challenge song. So uh, as is customary, I sent Jeannie a whole bunch of prompts to choose from. In fact, there are a um, lot of them. <laughs> I sent her uh, five five prompts this time, which is I think the most prompts I've sent anybody at this point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she was the lucky one that uh, to got to do it. But I, we were talking about that because she was like, you gave me five. It's too many to choose from. And I'm like, well, you yeah. can use them for other songs at other times if you want to. Yeah. 
But uh, let me let me read it off here. The the random word that we came up with, or that I came up with, was metrology, which is the science of weights and measures, or of measurement, or it's a system of weights and measures. The random fact is that the oldest webcam stream online today is the San Francisco Fog Cam and has been operational since 1994. The random question: What was the last meltdown that you witnessed? The random quote, I'm lazy, but it's the lazy people who invented the wheel and the bicycle because they didn't like walking or carrying things. And then we had a random picture of a woman sitting in a uh, hammock, but the hammock is hanging over some sort of metropolis. I'm not sure if that's New York City or Chicago or could you recognize the city? No, I don't. No. But but some sort of major metropolis. I mean, yeah. she's there's skyscrapers everywhere. And even though there are skyscrapers everywhere, she's dangling far above them. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a interesting picture. So so <laughs> Jeannie, tell me which which prompt did you decide to go with? <sighs> I had a really hard time choosing. And now I'm looking back over them. I'm like, oh yeah. Uh I chose metrology. <laughs> um and the the reason I chose metrology is because I listened to your other podcasts and um, thank you by the way thank you for listening oh yeah they're they're interesting cool yeah. people and you know i don't know it's neat it's fun cool. to listen cool. to people's songs um i i always liked i gravitated towards the random words that you were giving people but i don't think anybody else did a random word prompt that i can think of so uh, some people i think have incorporated the word but that yeah. wasn't the main prompt it, it, they just right. sort of ended up uh you they know. were doing the, fa the quotes or the fact or whatever, yeah, you know, which yeah. is, all of them are cool. Like, yeah, you, you pick good stuff. I don't know where your sources are, but they're good. It's, uh, I got a randomized, there's a random, uh, uh, I think it's called randomwordgenerator.com, huh. I okay. believe. Huh. I may be wrong, but they've got more, way more than just random words. They have random, well, random quotes and random pictures. Uh -huh. And uh, there's another spot that huh. I go to for random quotes because most quote generators, random quote mm -hmm. generators are, they seem to be inspirational quotes, mm. which are fine, which are nice, <laughs> yeah. but I'd like to have a little bit more variety. And, and maybe that's songwriters just songwriters don't want inspirational stuff. The cynic, <laughs> the cynic in me. Yeah, exactly. some songwriters do. Some songwriters <laughs> do, you know. Yeah. But I'd like um, to have a little bit more variety. But yeah, so. Yeah. And I, so looking back at this list now, I'm like, oh, yeah, metrology. And I'm thinking about my thought process at the time. And I'm like, well, but I'm going to totally in, I'm going to incorporate themes from each of the prompts and. I'm going to put it into this again, into this big <laughs> opus and I'm going to recreate, you know, whatever. And I, I didn't do any of that. <laughs> I barely used the prompt. I mean, sort of. That's okay. <laughs> and actually, uh, that's one reason why I shared that song, My Circus, is because you can see that I'm kind of a, uh, I'm, I play fast and loose with prompts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, I, we, we've talked about it a little bit on the show before, but um, I, the prompt to me is it's just a starting point. And, yeah. and in fact, uh, there was a couple episodes ago where we talked a lot about negative inspiration that ah, sometimes, yeah. it, you know, it's okay if you, you know, have a prompts and you're the prompts and you're sort of like, I hate all of these. I don't want to write yeah. anything like that. I'm going to go off and write my own thing. Maybe yeah. that actually inspired you to write just because you didn't want to write what was, mm -hmm. you know, given to you. And that's totally right. legit. I'm totally fine with that. So, um, yeah, yeah but, Anyway, I, you know, yeah. prompts, it's interesting before doing this show, prompt writing is not exactly a normal thing for me. I mean, I would sometimes yeah. set out to just write a song in a day or something like that, but, but it wouldn't be necessarily to a prompt. Um, right. But anyway, it's a gimmick. 
It's a gimmick. Yeah, it's a gimmick to okay. draw people to the show. Well, a lot of songwriters use this to they do get themselves in, into the into the flow. So, and honestly, I mean, I haven't written a song in a long time, so it worked for me. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. all right. Well, let's uh, let's look at that song. Let's look at that song. Okay. All right. All right. So this is a brand new song by Jeannie Macadera. It is written to the prompt metrology. It was written in the last week, and it is called The Harvest. I have a question in return I'll tell tale. How many bodies have we piled upon the stairs? We balance our comfort like it i like it i think it turned out okay i think yeah. it turned out great um i yeah. first off i should i should uh say uh tell everybody here that um normally the guest sends me their song that they've written with a little bit of time for me to have a chance to to listen to it 
And then I send my song to them so they have a chance to listen to, to mine. And that way we kind of interview each other about the songs when we, we get together. Um, normally, <laughs> I am by far the latest. I always get mine in late, 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 and uh, which is totally not fair to uh, the guests. But, but this time, this time, Jeannie. Turnabout uh, is fair play. <laughs> Jeannie, Jeannie definitely uh, uh, just got it in under the wire. And uh, so... I, Let's talk about that. What was what was it like okay. working with the prompt and um, and mm-hmm. the the pressure? And I know this is this is kind of a political song again, yeah, but this yes. this one is and I know that you're really you're concerned about you know working that out. And I mean, did that play yeah. into why you think it maybe took a little longer? Yeah. So you know, actually, I think part of it is because I haven't written this so long. I had mm. so many different ideas, I couldn't decide which way to go. Like oh, I really struggled with. Yeah, and so like. Because I really liked the ideas of weights and measures and mm-hmm. of, of metrology. And like I had, oh my gosh, I had pages and pages of, it's like one thing I do when I, when I write songs is if I get, a, you know, I get an idea or I get a couple lines or something, then I go into a thesaurus and I start mm. to, or in a dictionary, and I actually just use an online dictionary, and I actually go in and cut and paste uh, synonyms and antonyms mm-hmm. and terms and related terms and then kind of definitions and because to see if I can work them into the song. I didn't actually do very much of that here. Although in a lot of ways I did, but then it all got cut out. <laughs> so, so <laughs> how many I verses, worked, how many more verses did you have to the song? Well, I wouldn't say it's, I don't tend to write whole, whole verses until I'm really, until I'm really getting close to the end. Mm, okay. Um, so I'll write a few lines and then I leave lines blank or I even leave just words blank because I'm looking for the one that works right. Or, um, but, uh, but I have like, a, I have a couple pages of just sort of lines and ideas. Um, you could have done, you could have done like a Bob Dylan desolation row type of thing where it yeah. goes on for like 17 minutes. Oh, maybe I'll do that. I'll just like write a, write a verse a day. There you go. Like for the pen for the rest of the pandemic. I don't know. <laughs> oh, um, oh, that's that would be interesting. <laughs> waiting for the vaccine. I like it right there. Everybody yeah. out there that's listening. That's your uh, that's your assignment. You need okay, to start yeah. for the new year. The new year. This is going to be coming out just before the new year. You need that's to right. write a verse a day uh, for for 2021. So and right. don't send them to me and David to read. <laughs> we have other things. to No, just, we got to write our own. No, I'm just teasing. Right. Um, I used to beat myself up a lot <laughs> if I wasn't writing down like if i didn't have this this form that had the verse and the chorus or the verse mm. and the you know refrain or whatever um that didn't it felt like i wasn't writing a song but i'm learning to have a little more compassion for myself and realize even as a as a writer like a professional writer there's a lot of times where stuff just has to percolate um and it's you're writing even when you're not actually putting things on paper or at mm-hmm. least that for me, I, not all of my writing process is actually typing or, or putting it on paper. And so oh, yeah. I was messing around with different ideas and themes. And then I kind of was, tr- I started out actually, as far as the political stuff, I was really thinking about uh, castigating people who are not wearing masks. And I was talking, thinking about the other side of the mask and, uh, this and, that, okay. and how mm-hmm. are you balancing your life against other people's lives and, you know, whatever. But again, getting back to the preachy thing, it was too preachy, and mm-hmm. you got to be careful about that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, just because it doesn't 
it doesn't land well with anybody. You know, nobody wants to kind of hear you spouting off in a song about like, you know, telling them they're bad people or whatever. So again, I kind of took a little bit of a wider angle here and thought about, you know, we do things when we're young or even right now, oh, still young. <laughs> we make decisions every day that affect our future selves and that affect other people too. And our future selves mm. may or may not be happy with those, those decisions and those commitments. Yeah. And so um, I've thought about that a lot the last four or five years as, you know, just as things about things I did when I was a young woman, younger woman, um, and didn't know any better, making decisions for myself at my age. Um, and so that's kind of where I landed on this. And That's a great angle. But, you know, you wait. But still, there's that whole thing of weighing your decisions and and then the one word that kind of stayed in here, I mean, there's a scale, but the one word that stayed in here that's part of a system of measurements is a bushel. It's a, that's the, oh, mm -hmm. a bushel is part of the system of dry measurements, you know, that like yeah. apples or uh -huh, uh -huh. Like bananas or whatever. So bushel and a peck. So you got it in there. Yeah. <laughs> you got the so product there. in there. That yeah, counts. exactly. See? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess you could say it's like, well, it's not a whole system of measurement. No. <laughs> It's part of a system. It's part. It's part of it, though. That's yeah. true. Yes. Yeah, exactly. No, I think this balance. is. I think this is great. I just. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I. I love the. I love the imagery. I, I'll admit. I think the that the the first two lines of the second verse. I, as a young woman, I made contracts mm -hmm. I meant to keep. Now I'm older. They don't. Uh, they don't sit so well with me. I, I mm -hmm. love that line. And and you know it's interesting that I it didn't occur to me that the whole theme of the song is about. Mm. Uh, I mean, even though I love, I like that line right off the bat. It did not occur mm -hmm. to me that the whole song was that. That that is kind of the crux of the song. I I'll have to to listen to it again a few more times. Uh, yeah. To, to well, sort so of everybody that. who's listening, in David's defense, as he said, I was late. I was very late. Um, I I oh. I I tracked the song and the music, and then I was like writing it as I, I was because I just hadn't gotten anything, so I was writing the actual verses and like putting pen to paper kind of at the very last minute. So, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, the truth is, is that even if I had had a chance to look through it a couple of times, uh, it's, yeah. it's not, there's no, no guarantee that I would have necessarily, cause I'm, no. I, I can be sometimes a little bit obtuse. I'm going to be honest with you. And, no. but, but it, it's, it, you know, and sometimes I have a tendency to look at the style of the mm -hmm. words and the, yeah. the style of the, the structure of the song. Yep. Uh, th th that tends to stand out to me usually first before meaningfulness yeah. does. And I know a yeah. lot of other people are the exact opposite. They see it, you know, the meaningfulness of the song first, and then yeah. they kind of see the, the other parts of it. Well, that's actually an interesting observation that I've come to see that I didn't really realize. So I've always been a lyrics and meaning person with music. Like I can listen to a piece of music that like, I just, I liked a lot of terrible music from the eighties, but, uh -huh. the, but I love, but the lyrics are so meaningful that like, mm -hmm. I can sort of look past the, the bad production or whatever, the eighties style. production. Sure. Yeah. But, but, um, but I didn't realize that's not how everybody approaches music, like until much later in life, you know, more recently I've realized that some people are very, some people are lyrics driven, but a lot of people are, you know, it's purely the, the interplay between the instruments and the vo vocals or just the instruments or, you know, the kind of 
multi harmonization or, um, or the structure or, you know, it's, or even like the rhyming scheme. Some people really focus in on that. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's really interesting. I think it's, it is. And that's, and Hey, you get to uh, understand this is what's so great about doing this podcast (laughs) is I get to talk to, I get to talk to all the artists and I, you know, I'd say that, you know, because I'm kind of, you know, here in Boulder, Colorado, and, you know, there's more of a kind of a, uh americana scene yeah uh a little you know a little folksier stuff that it tends to be yeah. more lyric oriented yeah uh but I, I i you know i grew up you know being a huge fan of punk rock and mm-hmm. that i think is well that's lyric driven too actually uh but it's also yeah. you know there's a certain sound that you go for yeah. it and i i appreciated some of the chaos in the the musical chaos that would come with some of the more yeah. I don't know if experimental oh, yeah. is the word, but just the, and, and one thing I actually like about your stuff is the fact, you know, we were talking about structure mm-hmm. um, and that, that you, you know, as you've progressed uh, as a songwriter, you don't feel as, as locked into, to whatever standard structure is. And I appreciate that about yeah. what you do because it's something that I actually have a hard time doing. Hmm. I, my, when I, when I let my guard down, I, I get more structured. Interesting. And so like I, what, so how so? Like more like first quarters, you know, like you pick the, like, or well, what do you mean? Yeah, yeah. I think just, it, it, I would, I lean on, I lean on the, yeah, verse, chorus, first chorus, uh, verse, chorus, first chorus, bridge, verse, chorus, mm-hmm. you know, and then you got your, you got your coda maybe, and yeah. maybe you've got your other, you know, there's all those little pieces and stuff that go there, yeah. or you have a different type of structure. But I, but I think the thing is that, uh, you know, when I was, early on when I was writing songs, I tried to kind of, I would sabotage catchy melodies Yeah, that yeah. I would really go out of my way. If, if I had a catchy melody, which is actually comes that, yeah. that oftentimes comes a little too easily. And, yeah. and I'll have a catchy melody. And I'll be like, well, what could, geez, what, this is way too sing songy. What do I do? Uh-huh. And I'll, I'll, you know, change around the chord structure so that, you know, there's more minor chords than major, yep. you know, and just try to sabotage it. One thing that's been kind of interesting to me, though, um, while doing this program has been that I think I've been doing a lot more kind of crowd-pleasing music than uh-huh. I traditionally do. And yeah. and part of that is because I think it's because of the prompts, mm-hmm. but I, the music is coming to me quicker than the lyrics, which is not traditionally yeah. the case. Oh, interesting. Huh. And, and I also think the other thing is that because of the pandemic, I've um, entertaining other people has become mm-hmm. a bigger deal to me. Yeah. And, right. We're all looking for ways to connect more and well, to support yeah. people. I, I guess that's right. been my, my kind of thing. I, you know, like my, my first reaction to, uh, to when we, you know, started sheltering at home was to, I started reading bedtime stories on on uh, Facebook. I was posting these bedtime stories and and there were a few people I was bad at them. I was stammering and stuttering and just <laughs> I was you know, but I was doing these live bedtime I was reading I read HG Wells the Time Machine and oh, awesome. I read one chapter a night and awesome. uh and it's like there's part of me I've got friends out there and and part of me I feel like that are that are maybe paying attention and I kind of feel like they they need something to entertain them and they want to feel connected yeah. to people. And I feel kind of ob- a little bit more obligated. It, whereas yeah. in the past, it's always been like, screw them. <laughs> I'm going <gonna, laughs> to do something that's so badass that they're going to be mm-hmm. forced to listen to it, whether they like it or not, you know, something it's like a that. Test it's a test to see it's, if they're really, you know, it's so, com- 
it's so compelling it's just gonna yeah and yeah yeah yeah. and (laughs) and so it's it's interesting it's interesting my reaction there so yeah um how did we get on this topic uh (laughs) we were talking about your structure structure oh yeah yeah. that you're that you loosen the structure when you kind of kind of sit back but but i really i really i admire that uh because there's a lot of times i i listen to a song and something that i really really love about it is how loose the structure is and I go, hmm, how do I get that mm. that looseness going on? I, I know the the song that I've got that I, that I'm bringing that I'll be playing soon is I think very very structured, and just like the last, it's sort of a trend. Like the last three or four songs that I've done uh, have been very structured and and in my mind very pop songs. Yeah, well, we all go through. We go through. And... We all go through our pop song phase. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but, but but before we jump into my song, I don't want to jump into my song too quickly. I, I, one thing I ask of all the guests, because I want to get an idea, not just of your songwriting style, but your revision style, your critiquing style. Uh, so, um, okay. so you have this, this is, I know you've done some, mm-hmm. you know, cr- you know, revisions as you go, but this is mm-hmm. what first, second, maybe a th- early third draft, but it's the, you know, it's a pretty yeah. early draft or literally maybe yep. the first draft. Cause you said you didn't put pen to paper <laughs> until you sent it. So yeah, it's kind of a it's a it's a process for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so where would you yeah. you know where would you go for some, with something like this? How would you look at this and and how would you approach it from a revision standpoint? Yeah. So I I think I probably will work on this some more um, because I really like the music and I think now that I have honed it down to kind of a a tighter theme than I was, than I had before. Like I had kind of all over the place, but now I know, now I know what the theme of the song is. Um, I. That's. Right. Sorry. That's just, I just wanted to say that's interesting. Cause I, I, I've. Yeah. That I found like with, uh, when I do my song a day, January thing that sometimes mm-hmm. I don't really understand what the theme is until I got the song finished. Yep. And then it's like, yeah, you got to go back and rewrite, but, but sorry, right. go ahead. No, no, that's okay. No, but that's like, that's part of the process, right? Is, um, is kind of, there's so many things you could write about and hopefully those will turn into other songs. But, um, but for this one, I, now I know, um, it it came late to me, but now I know what I'm writing about, (laughs) what I'm trying to say. And, um, and so probably what I'll do, I'll go, I'll probably put it aside for a couple of days and then come back to it, um, and play over the weekend because it's just fun to be playing again. And um, the way that I refine lyrics is I sing them and then anything that feels uncomfortable, anything that feels weird to sing or cheesy or um, trite, uh, I hone in on those areas and I say, all right, I need to, I need to rework that. And sometimes, the, I mean, you know this about songwriting. Sometimes if you change one thing, you end up changing an entire verse. Oh, or absolutely. Like, that's, <laughs> you know, because you mess with, you mess with your syllables or yeah. you mess with your yes. phrasing or, and once you mess with that, then your rhyme is off out of kilter, your rhyming scheme, and then you have to redo that. And people, then, yeah. People have no idea. They have no idea. It's oh, like no. they make these suggestions. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll, oh, I'll get this from it. other songwriters. It'll just be like, yeah. why don't you just change it to this to to a two syllable word? And I'm like, 
No, you can't yeah. do that. It messes no. the cadence up completely. What are you talking exactly. about? Yeah, exactly. And the and this word prosody that you know comes up a lot with songwriters, where it's just some some words sound better together. Yeah. And I had a I had a sentence in here. I don't even remember what it was anymore. That just something about the words. Again, it sounded preachy, and it sounded sort of like weird and antiquated and old fashioned, and something that I wouldn't actually say out loud. Um, and so I took that one out, but mm. there's other part, there's other, uh, weak spots in this song that I will, re- I'll work on a little bit. It's, you know, it's, it definitely needs more work. So, uh, when you say it's something that you wouldn't have spoken out loud, is, is that really, I mean, is that, is that one of your criteria then? I mean, do you, do you feel like you want this to be something that feels like something that you would speak to a person directly? Uh, yeah, you know, in, in the sense that. I like the sentence structure and the verbs and the nouns and all that stuff. Um, I like it to sound like a, like a modern person speaking, not like that Shakespearean or Yoda like, you know, like Yoda like constructions where you uh-huh. put the, you know, put the. I can't even do it right now because I'm like uh, <laughs> I've on got the spot. I, I, you you bring t- that up, tale, and I totally I'll have a. You. I yeah. totally have a line. We can talk about this when we get into my song. Yeah. I have a line that's exactly like that. Oh, I'm like, you have a Yoda line. <laughs> not sure about that one. I'll we'll be, see if uh, I can get away with it. But yeah, but yeah, I'll I know exactly what you're talking about. No. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I just, um, and also just even the way that, you know, when you're singing it, if this, the syllables have to fall on the right stressing, stress points in, a, in the words mm-hmm. or else it sounds weird. Yeah. Um, and some of that you can fix with phrasing you know, with the way you sing it. And that's the other thing. I haven't worked on the phrasing on this at all. You know, I, there's, there's places that I would say, I'm going to sing it differently too. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of work to do on this one. Um, but I always really rework my songs pretty heavily because that's, that's the editor in me. Uh, well, sure. Yeah. Well, and as, we I, say, as you were saying yeah. early on, that's something that you're very comfortable doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, what do you think? I think it's I think it's a great I I, I like it as it oh, is. Oh no, I meant what do you think? Is it time to listen oh, to your song? <laughs> it is time to listen to mine. But I just want to say that I I really like your song and I'm 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 uh, thanks. I'm uh, waiting with anticipate great anticipation to see what you come up with uh, in the next revision. So yeah, thanks. All right, okay. So let's uh, let's pull up my song here. Okay, it is called Genie in a Bottle, and know, it is not a uh, reference to you. I know. Not a reference to you, but, but, it, but at least not consciously, because it certainly could have been the sort of like, oh, what a genie is my guest, so we'll throw it in here. But, but that was an expression that came to mind. I, I tried to go with, a, you know, the weights and measures theme, but, yeah, you know, you I, I moved away from it a little, you know, afterward. But anyway, yeah. let's just play the song, and we can talk about I, it. I like it. It's good. So. Oh, thank you. Let's listen to it. All right, here's Genie in the Bottle by yours truly. David Coyle. Well, it's hard to measure what you can't hold. It gets easier when it gets cold, but don't grow cold. No, baby, don't grow cold. It's the weight of water held in your hand Better drink your fill while you still can While you still can While I'm still your man Like a genie in a bottle 
like an hourglass filled with sand through the eye of a needle on a camel ride across the land we'll steal some treasure just enough to tip the scales don't ask me how far or how long cause baby I don't know well it's hard to capture what you can't tame you can follow the rules and still lose the game still lose the game oh but who's to blame and a bird in the hand is worse than the bush But you keep on pulling when you should push But when you push, sometimes you push too hard Like a genie in a bottle Like an hourglass filled with sand Through the eyes of a needle On a camel ride across the land We'll steal some treasure Just enough Tip the scales, don't ask me how far or how long, cause baby I don't know. I believed that love could be discovered through a methodology but now I see some mysteries are better left unsolvable obscurity is beautiful the ephemeral is meaningful to me like a genie in a bottle To tip the scales, don't ask me how far or how long, cause baby I don't know, baby I don't know, baby I don't know, baby I don't know. Awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, this I is, it. I like this one. Uh, to a great extent because it's my best belter so far i've gotten to really belt it out yeah um i had a good key there but, i was gonna uh, remark on that i love yeah. the i love the part where you uh, start belting it yeah uh, you, you well, have a good belting voice oh thank you thank you i appreciate that yeah i mean so let's start with because i i do have some questions and i mean okay. um it's i wrote a few things down that i or i don't know if they're questions i wrote a few things down like kind of saying oh that's cool i love like musically, I love where, like I, mm -hmm. like I said, where you start belting and very powerful and then some other things, but I've got some imagery here. But first of all, so that I don't go on for a weird direction, like, let's start with how did you, what, where did, like, where did this song come from? Well, uh, the, the prompt was the first thing. I'd okay. say that the, well, yeah. the first thing that I wrote was the first two verses or okay. the, the, the hard to, it's hard to measure what you can't hold. Um, and the weight of water held in your hand that that mm -hmm. those two verses um okay. and it, those are actually I conceived of those as a chorus 
this is kind of interesting mm -hmm. to me from a structural standpoint i actually started thinking those were the chorus and yeah. what ended up being the chorus i thought of as the verse at first and then i realized uh, yeah i think it actually is maybe more powerful the other way around so that that yeah. was kind of interesting to me it started out i think the idea of trying to measure something that is slippery that's mm -hmm. hard to sort of um just just hard to understand and contain there's a lot of stuff that's confusing out there in yeah. life and yeah that you know well i mean for example i really love your uh actually when i was listening to it the first time um you know the kind of the 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 fresh ears not having heard it before and not even looking at the lyrics the uh -huh. um uh gosh the word has escaped me but it's the bridge is, yes. is do you think of that as a bridge i believe <laughs> the, love i believe could, love could, yeah 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 it could be discovered through a methodology and now i see some mysteries and i i i like that one like caught my attention i just you know and and kind of well as bridges are supposed to do they take the song out of the the verses kind of give you the detail or like the kind of they ground you but then the if you do a abridged correctly i think um it tells you the kind of the the nut of the story like the what you're trying to say that's like that's what you're really trying to say and i i think you did a really good job there and then the transition from that into the chorus like a genie in a bottle then you're like oh yeah it's like a genie in a bottle it's like the hourglass filled with sand and it's running out and stuff so i i think that was a nice way to kind of tie the tie it all together cool because that's i'll tell you that that bridge was absolutely the last thing i wrote and yeah. in, in fact i i kind of turned it into a love song it started at the originally it was i believe the world could be uh, mm. discovered through methodology and of course methodology mm. was originally going to be metrology and i was like uh, yeah. it doesn't quite work so yeah. uh, syllabically but yeah the idea was trying to just sort of sometimes you do a disservice to things by trying to to try to over define it by by mm -hmm. trying to um to contain yeah. it in fact sometimes yeah. by holding on to something and and trying to define it too much then it, it you almost ruin the thing yeah that it is um yeah. so yeah that was kind of the i guess the the thought process on the the overall message of the song yeah yeah i mean i think i think that i that's what i get from it um cool. and it does feel like a it does feel like a love song or like a like you're contemplating a relationship and what it means yeah well because you specifically say love and i'm your man and that sort of thing yeah and, yeah that, but, that yeah but but still um it certainly applies to lots of things like art oh absolutely <laughs> songwriting yeah, exactly exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. It, uh, right. Uh, yeah. Those. There's. Those are things that. Uh, yeah. 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 As soon as you you look at it too closely, then then sometimes it's it's like yeah you you know certain art you just you can't you know if you're looking at it from an inch away it's it's just you're not really seeing it. Right. You got to. Well, it's kind of like that. It's like the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, right? Yes. Yeah. By by holding something in place to measure it, like you know subatomic particles. Uh huh. That by holding them in place to measure them, then you they're no longer. Well, it's either they're you can, can't remember, you can measure right. velocity you, or or right. position, but not both, right or right? position, but you can't right exactly. You kind of you alter them by trying to uh, harness them. So. And isn't it isn't that also you're you're the scientist here, but the quantum, <laughs> the quantum 
the quantum wave function, the idea is that by uh, the, the simple act of, you know, determining an experiment or whatever that can, that all the observation alters the, the result, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm dumbing yeah. it down, but that's the <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's the basic well. I'm I'm not a physicist, uh, a, a physicist, so <laughs> so uh, yeah, yes, that sounds about right to me. Okay, okay, so, okay, <laughs> all right. Yeah. So yeah, so that's that's kind of yeah, that's the song in a nutshell. Uh, um, okay. I'm gonna ask you about a particular line, and maybe oh, yeah, you know, um, <laughs> what is. A bird in the hand is worse than the bush. Oh make, God! Mean to you. <laughs> Sorry, that's uh, that that is okay. So if you're thinking that sexual innuendo, that whole no, standard no. stanza is no, it is. That's lazy sexual innuendo. Oh, um, oh yes. okay. Uh, however, okay. it's it's the uh, but it's also it, it is, but it isn't. You know, I mean, it's like uh, where is the line anyway? Bird in the hand is worse oh, than the bush. Oh, I get it now. <laughs> uh, but you keep on pulling when you should push. No, it is, it is. Okay. Sorry. And, and no, that's everybody, okay. now, now everybody that's heard that will not unhear it, but, uh, <laughs> but I think it's sorry also to... a reversal. It's a reversal of the, the, the standard way right. of saying it, which is a bird in the hand is better is what is it? It's a bird in the hand the is worth two in worth the bush, in the which bush. is, yeah. 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 So yeah. this is, so the idea is kind of thematic with the, the song, which is the idea mm -hmm. that by handling something or, or controlling it or holding it is yeah. not always the better thing and that's yes. trying to pull things away sometimes you know in personal relationships sometimes when you're you're trying to hold on to people too tightly then yep. that's not the best way whereas maybe you want to you know get your distance but then you can do that a little bit too much too and, right. yeah. and so there's there's yeah. personal stuff there with me because i know that that's a trying to find that happy middle ground is is really tough when it comes to romance i'll it's tell you harder it's yeah. harder than you it's harder than it seems like it should be yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, um, interesting. Well, you know, so actually that, um, I hadn't really, I mean, I guess I kind of, kind of figured it was sort of <laughs> a little bit sexual, but, um, it doesn't have but to now be. That you, no, no, no. But it, hold on with the way, when I, yeah. what I was going to say is that now that I think about it more, so I had written to myself another note earlier on, I just feel like, I mean, you talked about the fact that we're sort of constrained by the fact that we're playing an acoustic you know, playing yeah. on acoustic instruments and, but this song could be, it's got a little punk in it. Like, and, mm -hmm. and to me, you know, that kind of stuff belongs in a punk song. So no, you there know, you go. I think, you, I think you should take, yeah, I think you should take this to a, like on a punk in a punk direction. I, I like that <laughs> idea. Yeah. That's um, in fact, if I had, if I had had uh, I have an electric guitar, no, just kidding. Mm, no, Hey, you're welcome to play on this. Uh, let's get crunchy. Let's get crunchy together. Right. Um, my, uh, I, you know, if I had had more time, uh, I, I would have sat down and tried to do a drum track for this. Cause I kind of feel like mm. it's not, I mean, I think it comes off as fairly propulsive, but I don't think it rocks as much as it really is supposed to. And yeah, uh, yeah, I, I would have, I would have come up with, uh, uh, some sort of drum drum line and, yeah. uh, and probably would have tried, tried my hand at, at a lead guitar to get mm. a, even a little bit more crunchy. And, you know, I, I'll be honest, uh, you know, when I have when I have my guests on, if I know enough about my guests, you know, preferences in music, I'll sometimes try to to come up with something that I think is appealing to them. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know that I succeeded here because, again, I think it's maybe too structured pop. But but I know that you like some crunchy stuff. There was that yeah. uh, we, you were asking for a playlist of um, 
of women songwriters, singer songwriters yes. from like the late nineties to the early two thousands, I think is the right. Period. Sort of post sort of like the mix of post punk and like indie, like sub pop, you know, indie um right the 90s kind of stuff not really post-punk but kind of post post-punk yeah and, <laughs> post grunge i would say maybe well you also like, had yeah. some of that uh the american like you had the uh alt country was in there was part mm-hmm. yeah, alt country. Stuff there. yeah yeah and, and there was yeah. a period there and I, I i i put together a a big playlist of of stuff that i really love because that's I, I yeah. love women singer songwriters from that period. That was a huge thing for me. And yeah. it occurred to me after I, I sent you that, I was like, oh, you know, I didn't put very much really rock and stuff in there. And I know that you really mm-hmm. like rock and stuff. And, yeah. um, you know, but I mean, other people had mentioned Slater Kenny and, and that sort yeah. of things. But I was thinking I could have put Bratmobile in there. I could have put some, some Riot Girl stuff in there. Uh, yeah, well, see, yeah. And it's, it's, um, it's funny because I did like the the songs that you sent me in the playlist mm-hmm. and stuff, but yeah. And, but I was looking, I was looking for more kind of like that, like you said, that alt country kind of marriage of that with sure. Like grungy, punky, weird, well, I don't know. But then, but then on the other hand, I asked for female song, female uh, fronted bands and you sent me female fronted bands, whereas everybody else sent me. Ba- guy male fronted bands oh which, were they hey, sending you male? i love oh, guys okay. yeah they didn't oh i they, thought it was so, okay no. well because i think i said yeah 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 there was like yep. the yeah 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 they were and 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 yeah, like was... reiner maria which mm-hmm. was which is a personal fave of mine but they, yeah. they definitely have a little bit more crunchy guitars but then a lot of the a lot of the country or stuff that i had in there was not even the most rave up kind of stuff that those yeah those artists did but anyway that was yeah, yeah. Anyway, so i yeah. wanted to, i guess i was kind of thinking oh i should I should bring in a rocker for for well, Chidi. Yeah, and I <laughs> I appreciate that. I cuz I can hear this again. I mean, we were just it's a, you know, we had a week to do the song and to yeah. record it and everything like that and um but I can totally hear this one getting rocked up. So, yeah. 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 This one could be rocked up though. It it does seem, uh, you know, and my my worry is that it's a little structurally um a little bit more classic rock than it is punk rock, but uh, well, yeah, it's not. I guess it's not punk, but it's yeah, it's know. well, but 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 nevertheless, it's just it's one of those things where you know when you've got a short period of time to do it, um, mm-hmm. and if you're a procrastinator, then that shortens the time even more. Then you pretty much have to go with the flow. So even yeah. if you're you started trying to put it one way, uh, you know it goes where it goes, and and yeah, and uh, and I think you know if you don't fight it, then oftentimes it turns out to be pretty good. So did you have any other well, thoughts? Well, I was going to ask you. So, what about you, as far as editing and stuff like that? What do you What do you do, like with with your editing process? How do you approach that? Well, I would say the first thing is that there's there's oftentimes obvious edits, you know, in the mm-hmm. writing process, and it's sort of like, okay, yeah. I know this is probably a placeholder, and this one has yeah. a lot of stuff that I want to change. I mm-hmm. like like the the second line for god's sake that was one that confounded me i i i Mm. I knew kind of the image that i wanted to 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 put but i mean originally it was like well it's hard to measure what you can't hold it solidifies when it gets cold that's how i had it Mm. solidifies and it was like solidifies is an awful word that is not something you want to be singing at least not there i don't think and but I wanted the, you know, the idea that, you know, if something gets cold, it's, it, it turns into ice or it just becomes more, um, was it coagulant or whatever? I don't know what the right word is, but it, but it becomes something yeah. that's easier to hold on to, but that right. doesn't mean it, it doesn't make it better. And, mm-hmm. 
you know, not that ice is bad. Ice is great. It's useful, you know, but yeah. it's not well, as cool as water, uh, straight up water, liquid water. That's true. Oh, well, they all I mean, it's cooler. Own. It's cooler, yeah. literally. It is cooler. You know I don't know. I, I love all the phases of, of, of water equally. <laughs> it's good. It's good. <laughs> They're all but my if favorites. I had to, if I had to eat, if I had to eat, to eat ice to stay hydrated, I would be an unhappy Ugh. man. No, I would that, be, that would be much happier difficult. with liquid water. Okay, uh, <laughs> but right there, that that line is like that's. I don't think that really gets across the sentiment that I want. Well, it's good. It's an interesting point though about placeholders. So mm. I think I think all we all use them as songwriters. Tell me about like talk about placeholders for a minute, a little bit. Oh, more. I'm I'm a big I'm a big believer in placeholders. <laughs> yeah, because I start I I tend to be. I think I've learned over the last several years that I'm I'm more structurally oriented than lyric oriented. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I like writing and I actually started out as a writer. Uh, I wanted to be a screenplay writer. Um, mm -hmm. and, but I mean, with screenplays, you have structures as well. And I, oftentimes I see, sometimes see songs as, as screenplays or, or the other way around. I'll oftentimes seen screenplays as music, but but that structure is something that really appeals to me, and playing with the structure sometimes is really appealing to me as well. Right. So, uh, but because I kind of think structurally, uh, oftentimes songs appear to me as as kind of crossword puzzles, and huh. you know you have yeah. the structure, you get it laid out, mm -hmm. but then you have to kind of figure out, you know, well, what's right? You got to have seven seven letters here and it's got to connect right. up with you know this f that's in the right. middle of it or whatever and right. and that's oftentimes right, how it gets yeah. constructed so i'll uh, i don't know then a crossword puzzle i suppose putting a placeholder is not the thing to do unless you're using pencil uh so we'll just consider it pencil but yeah i'll do yeah. placeholders that'll kind of fill say like a rhythmic gap it's like you know mm -hmm. you need some sort of transition that gets you from here to there but it could just be mumble 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 bumble that could be it yep but in this case, you know, it has to yeah. be something that seems to be something. What are some right. other, <laughs> do I have any other placeholders in here? Um, I mean, some of these are genuine stabs oh. that just fail, but- uh, Where's your Yoda? Where's your Yoda line? Oh, it's the through the, eye of the ne through the eye of a needle on a camel ride across the land. Ah. Because it doesn't make sense. Through the eye of a needle does not follow from the previous sentence. Like an hourglass filled with sand through the eye of a needle. I don't think that makes any sense. Oh, but you're going through the eye of the needle on a camel ride across the yeah, land. You're, yeah, trying yeah. to stuff something through that doesn't well, really cause fit. Because that's the, that's the biblical The biblical phrase, reference, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think that one doesn't, and that's not Yoda-like in, in my humble opinion, <laughs> because it's not putting the verb before the, uh, before the subject, right? You know, whatever. I don't know. You're not. Well, but it would be or through I think, the eye of the needle you pass. I, huh. I think it would be something. I think the proper. I mean, the most natural way to say it would be like uh, we rode through the eye of a needle on a camel across the land. Yeah, I think that would be the way that you would do it. And through the usually you don't. It's like through the tunnel we we drove. You know that that would be awkward right. to say. Uh, I think. Yeah, that's it. Right. Yeah. That's so the that, Yoda. That's the Yoda that's phrasing. The Yoda. Is the yeah. yeah. Right, and that's what the, I'm doing um, here. Is I'm, it's actually, it's okay. not even as well phrased as Yoda. That's the thing. Because <laughs> if I was doing yeah. as well phrased as Yoda, it would be through the eye of a needle. We, you know, rode across the land you did, you know, whatever. But mm. it's not, it's structurally, it's just weird. And then I actually extend that particular metaphor a little too long. Because like the genie in the bottle, that's one 
phrase. Then like an hourglass filled with sand, that's another image. Uh, mm -hmm. And then you've got four lines here that are through the eye of a needle on a camel ride across the land will steal some treasure because the whole, the, the actual expression is, you know, a rich, rich man trying to ride a camel through the, uh, it's harder to needle. pass a camel through the eye of a needle oh. than a rich man to get into heaven, something like that, right? That's right. Thank you. Thank you. I'm that's no biblical the, scholar, but I but think that's, that's it. That's, yeah. that's it. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm like trying to tie that all together sort of tangentially mm. and like, eh, you know, maybe it works. But then I wanted to yeah. slip in scales because measurements. Right. right. All right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, uh, I do that all the time. I'm like, oh, I got to fit that one in. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But I, I like how it ends up, though, because yeah. it's it sort of like ends up with, I don't know. I actually, I like yeah. ending it with, I don't know. And mm -hmm. it's it's just that, um, you know, some things are bigger than the, the measurements. Uh, right. Uh, let's see yeah. here. What else do we have? Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, and then I got the little yeah. sexual in you other endo there, and I've got to decide, is that yeah, something right. that, it does that need to be kept? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I actually. We're I all like grown-ups here. <laughs> We're all grown-ups. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, and and I don't know. Yeah. I mean, would you even would was it? Uh, so when you brought that up, did was it did it strike you as that is sexual innuendo, or you just didn't know what it was meaning? Well, the bird in the hand is worse than the bush. I mean, the worse than the bush. I was like, that that's probably what that means. But I wasn't sure, and I just I don't know. Yeah. So I just, so it I did. guess I wasn't really you know tr I wasn't trying to like uh, <laughs> entrap <laughs> out you. Is it oh. like oh you're. Oh, well, you, dude, you did it successfully. Naughty, you did it successfully. But, uh, yeah. but that's yeah. So I mean, it was, but it is that's a that's a concern. Yeah. So I mean, I would have brought yeah. that up myself on my own. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I do like that bridge. I think that actually yeah. that considering that that was kind of under the gun that came out, and sometimes under the gun stuff comes out better. That's um, right. Though the, so the chords <laughs> on that that last chord, the meaningful to me that that chord that I end on there, it's in mm -hmm. a different key it's outside of the key of the other thing so i was mm -hmm. it, it took me forever to figure out what the right chord should be yeah i do that sometimes too if uh is that because you you came up with the melody before you found the before you like developed the chord structure is that what his well it was or you kind of were getting there and you're like it needs to go here and and it it wasn't in the key that happens well, there's there's oftentimes like a a simple way to do the you know i i usually write yeah. Uh, this one I wrote with the music at the same time. I was using the same chords that I was using throughout the the song, but it did occur mm -hmm. to me that it was like it just doesn't sound right. It just doesn't sound right. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was doing all these different combinations, and and the the chord that I finally landed on was the only one that sounded right. And I hate doing it because it's a B chord. Oh. Um, it's actually <laughs> I think a B. Uh, I think it's a B seven, which is easier to play oh. than just a B major. Um, oh yeah, B majors. That must be. I think that's the hardest one. Oh, I hate B major. I, well, I hate bar yeah. chords in general. But the yeah. the B seven is not doesn't make me much happier because it's a four finger chord. Um, hmm. Again, if I'm calling it the yeah. right thing, I think it's it's either a B seven or a B seven minor. I'm not okay. sure which. Uh, and it, I have to use four fingers to make the chord, which I'm not super deft on the guitar. So, but uh, yeah, but but it was like, well, it's clearly that. So I had to do it, and I wasn't going to yeah. transpose the whole thing. So no, I I, I liked it. I, I thought that was a a cool way to transition back to, and then kind of hang on that a little bit, right? And then yeah, you went, yeah, and then back to the genie in the bottle. I thought that was a nice transition between the yeah between well, those that's, musically. That's good to know. That's good to know. I because I wasn't yeah. I wasn't sure about that transition. I wasn't sure if I was going to be successful. Just going straight back to the hmm. um. 
to the chorus. Yeah, but no, I but, liked it. but overall, I I I'm, I like this song, and I like a lot yeah. of I like a lot about the song. It's something I that I want to revisit. Yeah, go ahead. I have a question for you, as someone who does, I think you do more of these kind of challenge things than I do. How many of your songs that you do as prompts and things where you're kind of doing these rapid challenge type songs where you're not like spending, you know, open-ended time on them, how many of those end up turning into things that you play again, like that you kind of put as part, end up in your real repertoire? Oh, you're asking, or? you're asking the wrong thing, the wrong person, because oh, okay. I like, I, I fall in love with all my songs. So I, oh, okay. I make a all point right. of, I make a point of playing them all. My, okay. my feeling is I, I'm going to try to play them all out. Um, and this year, okay. obviously, man, yeah. I, I feel I felt like this last last January was my best yeah. song a day January. I, there were just oh, so many great man. songs that I really would have liked to have played. And I and I've been lazy about it. I haven't even sat down and charted them out. Uh, oh, you know, I have yeah. my notes, my notes from when I wrote them, but I haven't sat down and actually charted them out. And part mm-hmm. of that is because, you know, half the songs or, or a third of the songs I usually chart out because of the the co-writer showcases that I used to do. Right. And mm-hmm. then, and then I, the other ones I would try to just sort of play, uh, it would be, it would be a goal to play, play them at, one at every show. And yeah, I, I, I like my songs. I'm unfortunately yeah. not objective with them, uh, but I do try to revise them. Usually when I sit down to do them, I try to revise them a little bit and, uh, yeah. and yeah, uh, just, make them a little more palatable. Yeah. Yeah. Just curious about that. Cause you, cause you're a, I mean, you're a very prolific songwriter, and I, I think you you write so much that you. It seems like you've gotten really good at at just kind of getting you know getting good things like really quickly and at high volume means you're practicing a lot. Is I guess is what I'm trying to say. I guess so. And, yeah. Um, well, you, what the ten thousand hours of songwriting? Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. Right. I, yeah. Well, exactly. I, I think. Um, well, I mm. I've said this on other episodes, but. Uh, I, I really feel like, you know, the, the way that I used to do it is, you know, usually there'd be like a verse or two verses in a chorus that would come together really quick. And then mm-hmm. I would slave over it for months or years, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and the idea was that you would edit as or I would edit as I as I went. Mm-hmm. And I I'm happy. I'm happy to abandon that. I don't I, I think that the first draft songwriting is how I kind of see this. You, mm-hmm. you write a first draft and then you go back and you revise it. Uh, right. I I am so much happier with that. I I don't feel like what I come up with is significantly worse than what I was coming up with before. Yeah. Uh you know, sometimes the the lyrics are a little more trivial, but sometimes mm-hmm. not. Sometimes I actually have really dense lyrics that I've written in 24 hours and yeah, and I will say this that my revision, the revisions that I do, I'm I'm I don't do as many I don't do as heavier revisions as I used to. Hmm. I know you're, you you were talking about how you you do a lot of revisions uh but I I I yeah. don't so much anymore I kind of and part of that is because there's a volume of them right there's a lot of songs so right I it, my perspective isn't always about making each song perfect you know cuz I kind of feel like there's there's going to be a really good song that just comes out you know yeah. after writing a whole bunch of them and that, yeah. that that is how it happens there's going to be like really really good ones and then the other ones are just kind of interesting right and they don't yeah. You know, they don't have to be perfect. They don't all have to be perfect. Right. Yeah, I mean, because, I don't know, like back in the days when I was writing more, uh, I definitely suffered from sort of a perfectionist 
streak where I'd be like, every time I'd write down, sit down to write something, I'd be like, all right, I've got this idea and this has to be a great song, <laughs> you know, or whatever, yeah. like to my, t- you know, great in my own mind. And, um, and then there have been songs where I've just kind of sat down and written something out and just gotten the whole thing on paper and then revise it and stuff. And I'm not sure there's really that much of a difference between in greatness or whatever, you know, or whatever yeah. in quality between, yeah. I need to sit down and have more, dis- more discipline around actually sitting down and writing. Uh, Cause I think that's actually how you write songs is by sitting down and actually writing them. <laughs> and yeah. And, well, yeah. you know, it's interesting though. I, I know that, uh, uh, do you know Regina Spector? You know her stuff? Uh, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually, I really, really love Regina Spector. And I was listening to an interview of hers though, where she says, I mean, and she seems like she's actually relatively prolific. Apparently she, she says that she just writes for inspir- to inspiration and mm. uh, I mean, just waits yeah. for it to come. And, yeah. and, uh, and it's, it's, it's like, great. I, I, that's wonderful. Yeah. I'm just kind of, and, and, and she's somebody that I, I totally respect and love her music. Um, but I, I think for me, it's like, if I were to wait for inspiration to come, uh-huh. so, so much of inspiration has, doesn't have to do with inspiration. It has to do with having an environment where that inspiration can be allowed to express itself. And, yeah. and that's, and that's the problem that I have. I kind of feel like, you know, January's in the past three years have, have just been this oasis where I can just be creatively expressive because I clear my schedule mm-hmm. of everything else. Cool. Yeah. Right. And, and, mm-hmm. and I don't have to worry about, and, you know, I guess, you know, I don't, I don't have kids. So, I mean, that, that's mm-hmm. a different issue for, you know, different people. Um, but I'm, I'm able to do that. I'm able to actually just clear my schedule and just focus on, well, my day job, but then, right. then come home and all I'm really working on is, and I tell everybody that I like pretty much just tell everybody, it's like, nope, this is what I'm focusing on this month. We'll, we'll get yeah. together in February. And so, yeah. or, or yeah. I incorporate them into the thing. That's how I, I socialize with people oftentimes through creative projects. That's, well, that's how we wrote. That's how we wrote our song. Yeah. Song Debris of Memory. Yeah. yeah. I love that yeah. song. I oh, I love that, that song too. That's one of my very favorite co-writes. And that's from, uh, Oh, you're just saying that. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm, yeah. no, actually, that's from, that, that's from last that year from, or this that year. That was from Janu- January, this 2020. January. Yeah. Like and I that said, was that actually was the last song I wrote. Well, have I told you how much that intimidated me after we wrote that? What? No. What do you mean? No, I, I was, uh, I spent the rest of Song of Day January going like, God, can I write a song this good on my own? Oh, and so you'll listen dude. to, uh, and it changed the scope because I was trying to do something that was kind of emotionally powerful. Uh, uh-huh. but not necessarily, normally I try to really mix it up and do like a bunch of rockin' tunes mixed with, mm-hmm. you know, upbeat tunes, you know, lower, you know, kind yeah. of more somber tunes, really mix up the, the, the stuff. But I ended up with that last, I don't know, seven days or whatever, 10 days, uh, that was left in the month. And I ended up kept chasing, trying to find something that would be that poignant. And uh, <laughs> so you'll listen to me doing more attempts at poignancy. And it was, it was uh, like, Oh geez. I, I, cause it was, it was intimidating. Cause I was like, you know, did, was that just genie? Was it all genie? You know, is it, was it that good because genie was part of it? Um, I'm mopey. I write mopey songs. I'm good at that. Well, but you, you don't write, it's not that you write mopey songs. It's that you write brilliant mopey songs. And I, Oh, I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of mopey songs. No, I, I, I'm a big fan of your stuff. And that's because I like really brilliant mopey songs. And uh, do you know Lisa Germano? Did I include her in? The, no, I think I included her in the I, playlist, but she's maybe I'll have to go back and listen. Yeah, she's the mope. If you want really depressing 
depressing stuff. She's the one you want to listen to. Um, Be writing that down. Lisa Germano. <laughs> <laughs> she's now this. This won't sound right, but she was the um, she was the fiddle player for uh, John Cougar Mellencamp. Oh, or his band back well, in the eighties and the early nineties. But her. Well, his. I mean, Jack. Uh, Jack and Diane. That was the first song that like sent me into existential angst. Oh, really? Mm, yeah. Okay. Life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. I was well, probably in my tweens when I heard that line. I was like, oh, shoot. At some point, life's going to keep going and I'm going to lose my joy of life. And that was, mm. <laughs> that was history. <laughs> well, but I, I say that just because it's like her, her stuff does not sound anything like yeah. John Cougar Mellencamp. So, well, yeah. you know, but, I, even though that's yeah. her probably the most famous thing she you know what she's most famous for is playing in his, yeah. his band uh yeah. she is uh she's right. exquisitely she's... depressed in her her, her songs yeah excellent i love that stuff you asked at the beginning of the show like what's the right environment or what's the environment that i need to feel productive and um and to you know be inspired and things and we're kind of talking about inspiration and stuff now uh, I think I was a little nervous at the beginning of the show, so I couldn't remember. But yeah, there is actually something that's really important to me that is inspiring to me is interacting with other people and mm. sharing and knowing that if I write a song that I'm going to be able to sing it with, with or for other people and they're going to hear it and I'm going to get to have, I'm going to get to experience what it's like for them to hear the song mm. um, and and kind of watch their facial expressions or hear what they say afterwards um and i'm i'm one of those i know i'm not alone in this i'm one of those songwriters where like the 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 jazz i love writing songs for myself i mean i you know they make me feel happy inside even if they're sad but if i can the jazz for me comes from someone being moved by something that i've written um or that I've sung or played and not just, Oh, you have a pretty voice or whatever. But, um, but no, they came and they said, you know, like that made me feel like gave me chills or sure. maybe cry or, or like, I totally know what you're talking about. Like that meant something to me. And, um, so that's the problem with what's going on right now is there's none of that opportunity to be mm. in a room with other songwriters or a room with people who listen to music. Um, and so it's there's there's been a kind of a dearth of the kinds of environment that inspire me right now. I think yeah. that's what's really going on. So yeah, um, it won't be forever. But it's hard right now. Yeah, I think um, for me, I, I get I just get more feedback online. Typically, I, yeah. I don't really feel like I. You know, the shows that I get, I, I get some good feedback from the shows, yeah. the live shows that I do. But, uh, I, you know, yeah. I, for me, live shows are really anxiety producing because I spend a lot yeah. of time worrying about sound. I worry mm -hmm. about, um, you know, setting up rehearsals. I, you know, I mm -hmm. listen to us not being in sync. And maybe yeah. that's because they didn't practice or maybe it's because I didn't practice. Um, yeah. I, there's all these tangential things that I worry about. And it is nice when... You know, somebody comes up and says something, but uh, I, I know you yeah. get you you've got a you get a much bigger turnout, and I, that was the first thing oh. that I knew about you uh, was that uh, you wow. The, I think the first time I heard you playing, you were at um, what was that? It was sort of a rock and roll 
bike shop or something that was on Main Street, or maybe it was, I don't know what it was, but it was a, there was oh. a shop down there that you were playing with Tilly Americana yeah. and the place was just packed, but I could listen to oh. it on the sidewalk. So I was able to listen to some of it. And okay. I, I thought that was pretty, that pretty darn cool. But, yeah. uh, you know, I occasionally get some packed shows, but it would be uh, usually when I have like, you know, like a co-writer showcase or something like that. And yeah. um, so I, I don't really, I, I end up getting a lot more feedback online. So that may be one mm. of the reasons why uh, it, it doesn't bother me as much. I don't know, though. It's, uh, and I mean, everybody's different, right? The things that touch us or use a scientific term that sounds sexual, but, but like there's a, you know, that get us into certain arousal states, you know, mm, sure. emotional arousal. Yeah. Um, for me, it's, it's, well, the anxiety, actually the, the pre performance anxiety, um, I haven't quite learned how to harness it yet, mm -hmm. <laughs> but so that it doesn't spill over into performances, but, um, I'm getting there and actually the relief, I think that that pre-performance arousal emotional arousal um then the resolution of that by playing and then having people smile and clap and whatever is actually you know a, a sort of rewarding for my brain chemicals or whatever and then mm -hmm. also having a friend come up and squeeze my hand you know like mm. oh you you know you did great or or you know that was really nice or i don't know um i can't decide if i'm an extrovert or an introvert <laughs> yeah <laughs> i have uh, yeah 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 because I really like being in the physical presence of people, um, even though I'm, I could be shy. Um, I'm more introverted than I think people realize. Yeah, I've always considered myself to be an introvert, but I, I think a lot of people I know think of me as an extrovert. And I think it may come down to, I mean, I definitely have social skills to some oh, degree. Yeah. But yeah, I feel extremely, I feel extremely awkward when I'm uh, uh, um, interacting with people. And yeah it's well, so do i and and so even if i appear to be comfortable i i oftentimes am not and mm -hmm. i don't even see it as an introvert extrovert type of thing is i i find it as i, I like a certain level of structure and, mm -hmm. and and that level of structure makes me feel comfortable um uh, and i actually do feel kind of comfortable on stage mm -hmm. uh, you know if i'm actually on stage and i'm not wearing a, a guitar and i'm not in charge of the sound i actually uh, i really enjoy it uh, when I was mm. fronting a blues rock band in uh, Portland, uh, oh, I, I had a I had a blast getting them on stage. I was dancing, I was singing, I was I was really getting the crowd connected. I would go out and I'd actually dance with the people in the crowd, and oh, it was man. really you know, while cool. they were doing the solos, while my the two guitarists that we had were the two ah. lead the co lead guitarists were taking their long solos, and ah. I I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. But I you know it's like when I'm leading my own band and I've got. You know that I think the guitar is a real big thing. I, if I could find somebody who played the way that I like to have yeah. played, which is not uh, the most common style in these parts, um, yeah. No. If I could find yeah. somebody who played that way, then I would happily give up the guitar and just be the singer on stage. And I think I would enjoy yeah. myself a lot more. Um, but I like yeah. the structure. I like the 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 collaborations. Uh, mm -hmm. The co-writes and and some of these stupid gimmicks that I come up with, like shows like this, a lot oh. of that is these are <laughs> these are excuses for me to socialize, but in a structured way. It, it yeah, yeah, and mm. it, it takes away my anxiety to to a great degree. Yeah, I, yeah. Mm. So so I don't even see it as introvert or extrovert in my case. I, I don't know. Right. I think I think people kind of hinge right. on the 
you know, if you look at the Myers-Briggs yeah. scale, there's more than just introvert and extrovert, but everybody hangs on that. You know, there's the emotion, right. you know, what is it, the feeler versus the thinker versus yes, the judger versus feeling. the perceiver, right? You know, and, right. and, and of course that stuff's What's all- What's the opposite of intuitive? Um, I don't even know what it is. The, there's the end for intuitive and then there's- I don't know. I'll have to look that up later. Yeah. But I mean, the Myers-Briggs yeah. thing is supposed to be like so ridiculously outdated at this point. There's supposed to be a lot better. I, I, my understanding is yeah. that it's not the most scientific of those types of tests at this point. But yeah. anyway, that could, be, that could be hearsay. Well, hey, uh, Jeannie, Jeannie, I think, uh, I think we, we both came up with some, some, some worthwhile songs to pursue yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah. try to revise and, and try to make better. And I, I really liked your song and, I'm, I'm pretty like happy yours. with mine. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I thought that was, that was really fun. Thank you for, for asking me to do this because it kind of got me out of my, out of my funk. <laughs> well, I'm so happy that you came and uh, I'm glad that, yeah, yeah it's great just kind of just chatting with you. Yeah. Um, before, we, before we move on though, uh, do you have anything that you would like to promote? I mean, you have a CD, you have yeah. several CDs, so, or albums. I do. Yeah, actually, um, right. I have three um, collections. Let's call them collections because they're all digital now, right? Um, I have three collections of, of music that, uh, you know, I think it's still relevant and interesting. And, you know, it's uh, something different to listen to if people are getting tired of their old, old um, standbys right now. So, um it's all available on my website at geniemacaderamusic.com. Can you spell genie gonna... for us? Sure. Genie Macader, let's spell it because I think I'll there's a, the there are thing. several different ways to spell genie. Yeah. Yeah. J-E-A-N-N-E-M-C-A-D-A-R-A.com. <laughs> and of course, it'll and... be on the, the, the show notes as well. So. Okay. Yeah. And then um, I have, I actually made physical CDs and stickers for the um release that i did in february and if anybody wants one just get in touch and i'll i can happily mail you one and you, and they can get in contact with you on your website right yes yeah and you've also got i noticed on your website you actually i thought this was really smart you have a little spot for donations so if you want to just oh. throw money at genie you can go to her website <laughs> and uh uh do it do you have a venmo or a paypal that you'd you want to give out um, for tips actually that um button goes to paypal there you go. PayPal account. But yeah, I know what I was going to say. I was going to make a joke sort of that, um, <laughs> you know, if any, any tips or donations or whatever, uh, will go to, I do actually have a single that I'm planning to record, um, you know, at some point in the next couple of months or something, or, you know, this summer <laughs> when things loosen up a little bit, I'll, I'll definitely be back in the studio. I've got a, at least one single and probably a couple other things. And I might be just releasing them as singles. And, uh, you know, I definitely hope to be back um, playing live again when live music is a real possibility for all of us. So, all right. Um, yeah. And I can't wait to see all my friends out there too. All right. Well, be on the lookout, everybody, um, for that single and for, and for a live show because uh, Jeannie is really a wonderful live performer. So, so check her out. All right, well, if you've enjoyed this week's episode, please consider donating to the program via Venmo at Dave Coyle or paypal.me slash Dave Coyle. Keep your eyes out on my uh, uh, Facebook page, Dave Coyle's Musical Extravaganza, or just uh, go to Twitter at, at David L. Coyle. In the meantime, keep your songwriting raw and riveting. 
Well, it's hard to measure what you can't hold. It gets easier when it gets cold. But don't grow cold. No, baby, don't grow cold. It's the weight of water held in your hand. Better drink your fill while you still can. While you still can. While I'm still your man. Like a genie in a bottle.